0: all right well hello my name is angel and uh yeah i'm at school right now using the uh the podcast studio and i have a very special guest here today john escalante did i say that right
1: you did thank you
0: yeah uh former uh cpd officer for 30 years before he was like okay let's get a quiet gig right
1: yeah uh in a sense there's yeah. a little bit of that there absolutely
0: <laughs> and uh yeah now he's uh chief of police right for northeastern illinois university
1: yep been here for five years
0: five years now. so oh you got here in 2016 yeah that's right
1: september of 2016
0: i was uh you had a talk with my class and then again for the rest of the school body i guess
1: uh, SGA. Oh, um, SGA. Yeah, that, uh, um, they set up uh, a couple events for me two weeks ago. One was coffee with the chief, and one was pizza with the chief.
0: That was just two weeks ago.
1: Yeah. Oh my
0: gosh. Yep. It feels like a month ago.
1: In a sense, it does. I think maybe I think partially because maybe because we went to uh, the daylight uh, savings. Yeah. <laughs> and now all of a sudden it seems like uh, you know it's darker certainly earlier uh and maybe that's why it seems so much more than two weeks because it does seem a little longer than that right yeah
0: um but yeah how are you doing today let's start there what's going on with life
1: um you know what i I don't have any real complaints things are good i mean obviously we, we made it through another week today's friday we've got the weekend and then a short week for all of us next week because of the thanksgiving holiday and yeah i got a lot to be thankful for so no complaints
0: I just want to make sure that uh, the levels are good because I see the things, like, bouncing. Yeah. All right. So you said, uh, sorry, say that again. Uh,
1: Yeah, no, I was just saying things are good. I mean, we obviously, uh, today's Friday, so made it through another work week, another school week. And then next week for all of us, obviously, is a a short week because of the Thanksgiving holiday. And, yeah, I was just saying I definitely have a lot to be thankful for, so I've got no complaints.
0: Is uh, the whole everything closed?
1: Uh, the university will close Wednesday mm-hmm. um, at the normal hours. So, for the most of the campus, everything it will be locked up at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no, obviously Thursday, Friday, or Saturday classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are always uh, closed on Sunday, so we won't open again until the following Monday. Yeah.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So you get you get a four day weekend.
1: I get a four day weekend. We still work, obviously. I mean, there's still officers. Well, obviously, we have the the nest, so we have. Um, students and residents that that are there uh, 24/7 mm-hmm. but um, so there there we we drop down to what we call our minimum staffing with the department so that's just two officers working each shift with a telecommunicator mm-hmm. um, so yeah for me it's a four day weekend and and uh, some of the staff get an extra day off here and there too during the four days nice perks
0: yeah. the perks will be in the box
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah well yeah i mean the, like a lot of the other uh, I'm considered staff, obviously, so like mm-hmm. a lot of the staff and faculty, it, it is a four-day weekend.
0: Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. You know. um, can we start like with your life story? Like, can we do that? I sure. know I've heard your life story, but I would want like everybody else to hear it.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the, the early the life just quickly. I was born, <laughs> I've been born and raised in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, First half of my life was on the south side. I grew up in the Gage Park neighborhood. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, and then um, uh, I've lived in the city my whole life. I've lived all over the city, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, uh, everywhere from uh, the Austin neighborhood to the east side, um, like I said, the Gage Park neighborhood, um, Scottsdale neighborhood, Wildwood, Oriole Park. I've, I've been all over the city um, and, uh, um, you know, went to high school here. I went to uh, St. Ignatius College Prep. Oh, nice. Uh, went to Northern Illinois University just for two years. Um, I, I, I'm honest with my kids, and I've told the story <laughs> here to, to students here at North, uh, Northeastern that um, I, you know, a little embarrassed, but uh, I, I wasted two years. I really did. I just wasn't ready for school and, and I partied a little too much. So I didn't finish there after two years. I was politely sent a letter home that said, you will no longer be readmitted.
0: Please don't come back. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so it was, um, you know, it was like I said, I, I wasn't ready at the time for school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't even get my bachelor's degree then until um, I had been a police officer for 10 years. Uh, and I finally went back to school and got my bachelor's degree through Lewis University. But yeah, I got hired by the Chicago Police Department in in August of 1986, and I worked uh for CPD until I retired in September of 2016, so just just over 30 years. Wow. Yeah, a lifetime.
0: You know, you said something that I think a lot of people at least at our school can relate to is like you know, just like you I wasn't ready for school like but instead of like going to school and just like doing whatever I was like oh, I'll just work and uh, I worked in the restaurant industry at a uh, Rivers Casino oh, okay <laughs> and uh, for about two years pretty much the exact same but then I realized like like this was my peak if I stayed here and I knew like no offense to the people that I worked with but I needed to do something a little bigger a little better so
1: yeah. No. No. Absolutely. I, that's. I think it. It is hard for a lot of people um, at that age. You know, eighteen. You really like for me. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and I know I'm not alone. <laughs> and yeah. then all of a sudden, you find yourself in school, and you're like, eh, I don't really want to be here. Um,
0: yeah. I want to hang out with friends.
1: Yeah. Um, and. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, like you said, I mean, you, 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 you hit that point where you recognize, okay, time to go back.
0: Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, I think that uh. I'll be honest, I think everybody should take a gap year. Because to, to tell, like, an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, like, all right, buddy, now, what do you want to do for the next 55 years? Like right? It's it's a little daunting. It's a little too much.
1: Yep. No, it is. Um, I have one. So I have four. Um, two are adults now in the working world. One is at um, University of Wisconsin-Whitewater and, and uh, one to go for college. But the one at Whitewater is his first year, and he – so this fall, since August, he's been in school, uh, and he originally wanted to major in uh, computer science. And oh, so he's nice. been taking a few courses, but now he's like, I don't know if this is really for me, uh, which is okay, that's what we told yeah. him. like, hey, it's okay, this is your first, this is your first semester in college. It's t- this is when you kinda figure things out. And so I told him for next semester, hey, just look at some general ed classes, get some of those out of the way while you think about what you might really wanna do.
0: Uh, did you tell them to go to City College? to like do gen eds? Uh,
1: no, because he originally wanted, the uh, Franklin number three originally wanted it for a while. He was really interested in computer related stuff. Um, so, uh, and he looked at a lot of different schools and he really liked uh, Whitewater. N- number two, my son Paul finished this past uh, May at the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse. So uh, Franklin had already seen some of the Wisconsin schools so to speak. Um, and he really liked Whitewater. And then the oldest actually went to uh, John Carroll University in Cleveland and then Cleveland State University where she got her nursing degree. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, as I said, I I can relate to them, you know, when they were starting, and I I shared that story with them about, you know, um, how their dad, you know, partied a little (laughs) too much, and and I cautioned them about not making that same mistake. Um, And so I think for the most part it, it helped, because um, they've they've all been very responsible so far about um, their college education. Like I said, the two older ones are in the wor- adult working world, so to speak, so they're doing well.
0: Nobody wanted to be a police officer?
1: No, and, and I'm honestly okay with that. Um, I honestly didn't even uh, myself. Um, I kind of, um, a friend of mine, good friend of mine, uh, uh, Paul Bauer, who uh, was a police commander who was killed in the line of duty a couple of years ago downtown by the state of Illinois building, we had been friends... Um, since first grade, since the age of seven, we went to St. Ignatius together. We went to Northern Illinois together. He really wanted to be a police officer, and um, in the summer of '85, when they were giving the test, um, n- none of our friends really were interested. Nobody wanted to go with him, and I honestly kind of just went uh, just because he wanted somebody to go with him. Um, yeah. And uh, but I did well on the test, and we both ended up getting hired. But even for me, it wasn't um, it wasn't something you know that I had. Uh, you know, as a younger had aspirations of being a police officer, I kind of just fell into it. But once I started, I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, we had a, a very blessed and fortunate career.
0: Well, um, once you were like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. At what part were you like, okay, maybe I'll make
1: a life out of this? Like, when was that? Um, well, I liked it immediately. I mean, I, I really, I was fascinated, um, uh, when I first came out of the police academy, I was assigned to the midnight watch, which was 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., mm-hmm. and it was a whole different world, so to speak, uh, that I had never experienced before. I mean, just what, just people that are out um, between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. and um, it was just fascinating. And I, and I, you know, thought, well, this is really cool. Um, I would say it was fairly early on in my career, probably within the first year. I think I kind of. Um, acknowledged that, hey, hey, maybe I can do this. Maybe I mm-hmm. can make a career out of it. And that's actually what prompted me to go back to school because um, probably about my eighth year on the job, um, the department required that if you were going to be promoted to a supervisory position, you had to have a bachelor's degree. Uh, and that's when I went back to school to get my bachelor's degree.
0: After 10 years of being, like, on the street?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had actually worked uh, a variety of assignments my whole career, and, and it was always um, literally working on the street. It wasn't until I, I got further up in the ranks mm-hmm. um, that, you know, um, I don't want to say they were administrative, but but there was a lot more administrative work that was required of me as I moved up in supervisory ranks, and so there was less time on the street. Um, the first 10 years, that's all it was, and then the next 20, it's uh, it went from you know, maybe 50-50 for a few years on the street and in the office to 75% in the office, 25% on the street to about, you know, the last (laughs) couple years it was like 95% of my time was in an office and 5% of the time I'd get out on the street.
0: Did you ever think like, damn, I just want to go on a ride again?
1: Um, Well, (laughs) I I think that's why, honestly, I always did... um, find some time every week to get out on the street um for a couple reasons one because yes I, I did enjoy it i really did uh and two i mean the only way it could relate um to some of the issues that some of the officers were dealing with or some of the issues that um people within the community were were, were trying to have addressed by the police was to actually get out there and experience it so there wasn't a week that went by that i didn't spend some time out on the street yeah
0: Um, What kind of people are out and about overnight Chicago?
1: Um, A little bit of everything. I mean, I guess I was just surprised by the amount of people that actually worked a regular shift at that hour, whether it was, I mean, everything from CTA workers to um, restaurant workers to... Uh, you know, office staff, you know, uh, that would clean up uh, offices. Mm-hmm. Um, people, obviously, that were just out at, at clubs and bars. Um, it w- it was a, a little bit of everything. I just, I was amazed, like I said, that first year, two, three, four o'clock in the morning that the radio, <laughs> the police radio never stopped. I yeah. mean, it was, it was always something happening. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, I'm actually one of those people. After this, I'm going to go to uh, my nighttime job at okay. a nightclub. So, yeah, I'm one of those people.
1: Yeah, and it is amazing <laughs> how many people are out in the city at those hours. It really is. It's a city that, you know, I mean, I th- you know, there's that song and, um, you know, New York has that motto of, you know, city that never sleeps. But I, I think that's any big city, and, and certainly you, you see it in Chicago.
0: Yeah, especially downtown yep. where it's just like it's not the exact same as, like, daytime, but kind of. Yeah. Kind of close. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um. What was like your first supervisory supervisor role? What was that like for you?
1: Yeah, so the the first rank of a supervisor for most departments, but in Chicago it was uh, the rank of sergeant, mm-hmm. uh, and so I made sergeant in 1996, uh, and immediately just went uh, you know back to patrol. Um, the first assignment I had was over at Grand Central, which is the 25th district. Same thing. I went back on the midnight shift as a brand new sergeant, um, and then had, had the opportunity to do a couple different, um, hold a couple different positions as a sergeant. Uh, I went back, I was a patrolman in the narcotics unit when I got promoted to sergeant. So I was doing narcotics investigations. I, I went back to narcotics as a sergeant. Um, I went to, uh, I was detailed to the drug enforcement administration, the DEA, uh, for a year, um, as a Sergeant, uh, working on a federal task force. Um, Um, yeah, it really, um,
0: can you say who you were looking to put away?
1: So I, I was assigned to the transportation group. So we did investigations of, um, narcotic shipments that were coming, literally you pick a form of transportation so if it was coming through uh the trains if it was coming through the airports if it was coming um through um uh, the boats on the chicago harbor Mm -hmm. um or if it was coming through truck shipments um that was the, the group i was assigned to we did we did transportation um investigations so it was it was really cool um i ended up in the bomb and arson unit as a sergeant um and uh I I was a sergeant until 2005 when I got promoted to lieutenant, which is like considered a mid-management position.
0: Lieutenant? Yeah.
1: And I did kind of the same stuff all over again. Went back to patrol, went back to the narcotics unit, went back to the bomb and arson unit. Um, And then in 2008, I was promoted to commander, which is um, part of the superintendent's, they call it the command staff. There's um, roughly 80 command staff members. Um, For
0: how many? Uh, what is it? Not districts. What is it?
1: Yeah, there, Chicago goes by districts. Okay. So there, well, there's only 23 police districts, mm-hmm. but then there there are commanders that um, have command of other units. Like at one one time, I was the commander uh, of the bomb and arson unit, and I was also the commander at a different time of the. Uh, 14th District, which is the Shakespeare District, which was at California and Shakespeare, 2100 North California. Um, but there, so I got promoted to that commander position in 2008. Um, and then in 2010, deputy chief of patrol. And so I oversaw nine of the city's 22 police districts. Wow, oh, wow. Obviously, um, uh, I had uh, the north side of the city, so I was deputy chief of patrol, and it was called Area North. And then. Um, 2013, I was promoted to chief of detectives. Um, so I saw the the uh, entire detective bureau um, and a lot of other units that are part of that. And then the first deputy superintendent, uh, and then um, the interim police superintendent. So that's why I said I, I had a I had a very blessed career, and, and I and, I, and I, I don't take that lightly. And and I appreciate um, the fact that um, I did have a good career and, and worked with a lot of good people and and i I hope in some ways had a had a, had a good impact on the department in the city
0: mm-hmm. why do you, what do you think uh set you apart versus somebody else that you were able to like climb the ranks so much versus somebody that was like you know just a sergeant their whole career or like never any promotion for twenty years
1: um I, I've said this to other people uh, who have asked me that and I, I've talked to even some um I was still with Chicago when they were promoting new classes and I would speak to some of the new promotion mm-hmm. groups. Um, I think one of the things that helped me is I honestly never looked for the next promotion. There are people that, <laughs> that, that yeah, I mean, they really want to keep climbing the ladder. And, and mm-hmm. I was always happy and enjoyed what I was doing that I never, ever even thought about that next promotion. And, and I'll give you an example. When I was commander of the 14th District, Uh, the superintendent's chief of staff uh, called me on my cell phone and kind of out of the blue, and he just said, John, I need a resume from you as soon as possible. (laughs) Oh, wow. And I said, okay. But I was in a meeting. I had stepped out to take his phone call, Mm -hmm. and I didn't think anything of it. And about 30 minutes later, I went back to the meeting. 30 minutes later, he calls me up, and he said, John, I'm I'm waiting for that updated resume. (laughs) And I said, okay, sir. I go, I'm in a meeting right now. I was at a community meeting. Uh, I said, I didn't know... um, that this was an a, a, a urgent matter. Mm-hmm. And he said, you talked to the superintendent today, didn't you? And I said, no. And he said, you're getting bumped up.
0: Oh, yeah, just randomly. <laughs> yeah, and I said,
1: so at that point, and I'm not kidding, I said, sir, this is John Escalante. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of not even joking, and he laughed, and he goes, John, you're getting promoted. I need a resume. And I was totally floored. I was totally shocked. I wasn't expecting it. Um, I quickly wrapped up the community meeting because I had to then get back into the office and, and get him the resume. But, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's what I you know, tried to tell and, and told other uh, officers and, and other new you know, supervisors, sergeants and lieutenants that if you keep looking, I think if, if, if your goal is to get to that next step in the ladder, I think you lose focus of the things you're supposed to be doing at your current step. Uh, and like I said, I, I never looked for that next step. Um, when I was promoted to the first deputy, uh, position, um, again, I, I can't even describe how floored I was Completely. that. So that's the number two position. Uh, and I remember, uh, coming back from a conference, uh, and just checked in with the superintendent's office. And at the time it was superintendent Gary McCarthy. And, uh, he said, um... I had a friend that was with me that was in the conference, and this was a, a, a deputy chief out of Sacramento, and he wanted to see Chicago Police Headquarters. So I was giving him a quick tour. Um, the, the conference was in Chicago. He came back to headquarters with me just to take a tour, stopped in to introduce him to the superintendent. The superintendent had us come in the office, closed the door, and said, tells the guy from Sacramento, he said, uh, hey, I'm going to swear you to secrecy. Uh, <laughs> and he made him jokingly made him raise his right hand, and I swear I'm oh, not going to let this repeat the uh, I'm not going to repeat this out of the office. And then at that point he told me, he said, John, on Monday I'm promoting you to first deputy. Oh, wow. Again, I was totally floored. um, But I wasn't looking for that either. At the time Mm -hmm. I was chief of detectives. I really enjoyed what I was doing. Um, I really enjoyed this conference I had just finished up. And um, just I remember walking out of there kind of in a daze because I thought, how did I I suddenly get to the number two position in the department? But like I said, I I think – to answer your question, yeah, I think that's kind of what set me apart is I always enjoyed and focused on what I was doing, mm-hmm. and I honestly never ever looked to try to get to that next step. Um, and I think that I think that helped me make sure I was doing my job correctly and uh, the right way and and you know probably also helped get me noticed that you know
0: that you can actually do the job, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I assume you know maybe a few years ago few decades ago where it was more like how friendly are you with the top person and it's like kind of like that and you know it's it's kind of I don't want to get sappy but inspiring to be like just do your job do it well do it to the best of your ability and you know good things can happen
1: yeah I, I do think there is a lot of truth in that I really do um I think being a realist, I mean, sometimes it's unfortunate in any profession. Any profession, yeah. There's, there's always going to be a little bit of that. Uh, I, no matter where you go, but, but I think the workers who aren't part of that clique um, really do stand out um, w- when they're focused on their job. And I, you know, uh, like I said, I, I think, I think that is what kind of helped me. That was pretty dope.
0: <laughs> Brings a tear to your eye. <laughs>
1: what was it like being the
0: top guy for a while? Um, was it any big change from be like being number two?
1: A little bit. Honestly, it wasn't that much because the um, the number two person actually was responsible for, for day-to-day operations. The first deputy was responsible for the day-to-day operations of the three largest bureaus, so patrol mm-hmm. um, detectives and um, organized crime bureau Um and you know, I mean, I, I had routinely sat in uh, on every meeting that the superintendent was in. I represented him uh, in different meetings. I represented him at different conferences. Um, so it, it was a little bit of adjustment, but not, not much. Um, um, I, fortunately, having spent the time as the first deputy, you know, made a, a little bit of an easier transition.
0: Uh, first step you did that that person also still goes in front of the media, gives speeches, stuff like that right
1: yep yeah. yeah there was a there was a lot of media um experience so to speak throughout my whole career there really was um and, uh you know I enjoyed it um you know the the first few times without a doubt, I'm sure I was nervous, but you you kind of know, get used to the setup, and y- you know, there. I respect the job that the media had to do. Certainly, there were some reporters. I think that
0: you could call them jerks. <laughs> well,
1: I, fr- I was first going to start with the positive. I was okay, going to say okay, there were okay. some <laughs> that were very professional, that yeah. were very good to work with, even when they were critical of the department. Um, I think were were professional, and, and certainly made sure they had their facts correct and mm. then unfortunately again with any profession there's a few that yeah they were a pain to work with and um you know sometimes you could tell they had an agenda they had their story already pretty <laughs> much in mind yeah. and were are just looking for that quote that would fit their story and certainly that wasn't everyone but there, there were a couple that that were consistently like that
0: oh consistent okay yeah.
1: yeah
0: that's funny just like First question. Yeah, John, so, like, why do you hate the children? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. Not literally, but. Right. Um, like that.
1: Yeah, that's why I said, the, you know, y- you got to know who was always going to try to lob that grenade at you and <laughs> and who was going to ask a tough question but ask it respectfully, yeah.
0: Do you still, like, keep in contact with people that are in CPD?
1: Not as much. Um, not as much. There's been a huge turnover uh, of command staff members, um, within, um, the last year. Uh, I know, I know many of them, but, um, it didn't really work with them that closely when I was there. Again, it's a, a department of almost 13,000 sworn officers. So, you know, it, obviously it's impossible to know everybody. And, no. and so a lot of the people that are in command staff positions now, uh, five years ago were those mid-management people that were, you know, had the rank of like lieutenant or, or, or um, captain. Uh, so I, I know most of them, but never really worked closely with any of them.
0: So, like, you know, like, oh, that is that person. It's not like, oh, hey, man, how's the family?
1: Yeah, all that. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll look, at, you know, when I see some of them in the media, and I'm, I, you know, I'm like, okay, where did I know that? Oh, yeah, okay, now I know where I remember him from. But, yeah, so, so some of them I still know, but I really – I uh, haven't talked to anybody recently, um, but others, like I said, I know their name and I remember them, but but never really had the opportunity to work with them. It's been a big turnover there in the last year.
0: Yeah, I think I I think I saw that that they had to like uh, replace the superintendent like a uh, a few times actually.
1: Yeah, um, so the superintendent uh, that's uh, there now, I think he's about a year and a half now. I think he right after the pandemic started. I want to say he was probably hired last April. So about a year and a half the first deputy uh eric carter i do know um and then after that the chiefs i i know them but like i said not that well
0: so after 30 beautiful years in cpd wow well, um, how did you end up with the position you have now
1: so it was a combination of things um but one of which you know probably the primary one was i had promised my family that i would look to leave after 30 years. Uh, we had talked about that a couple of years um, uh, prior to my hitting that 30th year, probably around year, I got to about year 28 mm-hmm. um, for a couple of reasons. One, um, I, I would have, I, I was fortunate to come on uh, at 21. So I was going to max out, you know, in terms of like a pension, pension and everything uh, when I was 51. And, you know, after that, I you know, I don't mean to sound sarcastic, but after that, you kind of just, you're, you're, literally working For a couple dollars a day yeah um but it was also more of the time um the last certainly the last 10 years i was there it's not a cliche when people say you miss out on a lot of family time i missed out on a ton of family time Mm -hmm. um uh, in fact my first year here at northeastern was the first um new year's eve i had spent with the two younger ones Uh, just the positions i held i i for 20 new year's eves in a row i always worked um, it was the first um, Father's Day uh, in uh, 2017 that I had spent at home in seven years. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's things like that that you know, as like I said, when I about my 28th year, I started talking about I would I would look for maybe something else to do when I hit year 30. Um, and um, you know, this job uh, opened up, um, and it was right the right time and everything. And I. Um, policing is all i've ever known like i said i got hired when i was 21 i never had any other job i wouldn't have known what else to do <laughs> um and i was very fortunate you know i went through the hiring process went through uh the interviews and the vetting process and they offered me the job and, and i took it nice yeah
0: i'm pretty sure it's uh, very much different than uh, you know chicago
1: yeah, like I said, it's it's still policing, but it's certainly a different type of policing. It's really more, um, again, not trying to sound like a cliche. This is a community police kind of oriented yeah. department. I mean, we're not dealing with uh, the violent crime that you know you see in the city. Thankfully, uh, we are a safe campus, um, but I, I do believe we have an important role to play here. Um, so, in terms of you know um, stress or the phone ringing nonstop or having to pay attention to what's going on seven days a week, yeah, certainly it's it's a it's a lot calmer here.
0: Yeah, you get to hang out with me for an hour. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah, and like I said, I mean, just being able to spend Father's Day with the family, um, uh, you know.
0: Most major holidays, most right? Most
1: major holidays, um, like I said, every New Year's Eve for 20 years in a row. Um, that first New Year's Eve in uh, 2016, I honestly didn't know what to do. <laughs> We talked about it at home, yeah. and then I'm like, "I'd like to just spend a quiet New Year's Eve at home." I hadn't done that in over uh-huh. 20 years, and so, um, yeah, it's it's um, like I said, uh, it's much different here, but it's uh, it's it's still policing, but definitely a, a different type of policing.
0: Yeah, there's uh, I mean, you told our class where it's like, sometimes it's just like a theft, and or like, hey, can you open a door? That's pretty much it.
1: Uh, I mean, there are things that happen, you know. Um, So for example, you know, and and I have to respect uh, rights of privacy here, we just reopened an investigation a couple weeks ago uh, of a pretty serious incident. It was a student that alleged she was sexually assaulted um, uh, here uh, uh, at The Nest. Um, Understandably so, she wanted some time for herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, She lived out of state, so she went back home. She recontacted us about a month ago and said, hey, I, I wanna move forward with that investigation. So in the last couple of weeks, we re-interviewed a lot of people that we originally interviewed two years ago, mm-hmm. um, reached out to um, the uh, suspect or, or the person she accused, reached out to his attorney, uh, and we've been in communication with his attorney about trying to set up an interview. Um, uh, so occasionally we do have, you know, a pretty serious incident that happened, but for the most part, you know that's that's the exception. I mean, we are a very safe campus. Yeah, we deal with the occasional theft. Um, we deal with every once in a while. We will have uh, domestic disturbance. You know, types of um, calls we respond to. Those those are common enough. Um, you know, when you have dating relationships, um, it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, whether it's here on campus or in the residence hall, you know, we get those. Um, We get a lot of calls for suspicious persons, especially as it gets later into the evening. Um, We get those. Um, So there's things that we do respond to that, you know, you see other departments responding to. But again, we're not dealing with violent crime. And, you know, even the calls that we do respond to, um, fortunately, they're they're not that often that that we really need Mm -hmm. to be overly concerned.
0: Um, Yeah, you have a... uh a police blotter, right? That, yeah. That's what it's called?
1: Yeah, the independent campus yeah. newspaper puts that together, um, and then we have a link on our university police website as well. So, yeah, the independent, every two weeks, um, they ask, and we always have prepared uh, just a brief summary of any report that we've taken. Of course, we never put sensitive information in yeah. it, like the victim's name or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but, but you do get a, a brief summary of, of whatever incident uh, we documented was.
0: Yeah, I think uh one of them that I saw was like, "Oh, we had to help some geese, you know, get across the field." And I was like, "Oh, man, this is a pretty dope school."
1: Yeah, there there's <laughs> some there, there are some things that make you laugh sometimes, but um yeah, uh there was uh, some geese that had fallen in the sewer outside mm-hmm. the library. Um and they were baby geese. We had to Aww. get them out. Yeah, um uh we've we've had different types of animal calls on campus. Um, but yeah, you the the independent publishes that, and like I said, you could. We the link was broken for a while on our website. We were able to just get it fixed recently, so the last couple issues of the blotter are are back on our website.
0: Yes. Yeah, so if you ever want to see how crazy safe our school is, go to Northeastern Illinois University. Look up the independent, and uh, it's there. Is it every week?
1: Uh, every two weeks they do the blotter. Every uh, yeah, two, weeks. two weeks. Two weeks.
0: Yeah. Um. Did you want to keep going? Sure. We've been uh, about 37 minutes-ish. Yeah. All right, cool. Um. Uh, you know what's funny is uh, usually I prepare questions, but I didn't have any today. I don't know why. Okay. Don't know why. Right. What is, uh from your experience, what's like the relationship between CPD and Cook County?
1: Um... Uh, you know what? You mean the state's attorney's office or Cook the County Sheriff's, Sheriff's office. office? yeah. Um, I think right now they have a very good working relationship. Um, you know, the, the county has uh, additional resources that certainly could help, mm-hmm. um, especially because the county is, you don't often see them, obviously, patrolling in the city, but um, they put a lot of their resources in the suburbs, and especially mm-hmm. those suburbs that border the city. Um, it, it's good to have that working relationship uh sheriff uh tom dart has been there for a while he's he's always um been available he was when i was there and i know he still is um so it's a it's a good relationship i know that just from what i've seen probably compared to where it was 10 years ago um much improved relationship and much needed
0: between like uh the sheriff and like uh, his subordinates i guess no not that's not the right word his staff, that's yeah. a better word. Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and the communication between the sheriff's office and CPD compared to where it was 10 years ago, um, way better, much much improved.
0: How did you feel when, like, all that stuff was happening last year? Like the protests and, like, people had to work seven days a week?
1: Um, well, I mean, the protests certainly were understandable. I mean, there's no denying, you know, the fact that Um,
0: some people given power abuse power and that's yeah that's a fact of anywhere in
1: life yeah um and you know i I have yet to speak to any officer that tried to even remotely um, justify um what you saw in the killing of george floyd i mean Mm -hmm. it 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 was just yeah so the, the protests certainly were understandable Um, you know not it was obviously sometimes hard to comprehend those that became violent Mm -hmm. Um, but I think those it was always a a smaller group that wanted to incite the violence. The vast majority of of the protests were all peaceful Um, and there were unfortunately some that had their own agenda that wanted to take advantage of those protests to to. you know, for their own personal gain. Yeah, um, but it was understandable. Uh, the, the The calls for police reform or questioning, you know, whether or not you know defunding was the right answer. I, I got it. I mean, certainly understood it. Um, uh, it was hard to see. You know, um, uh, everything that was happening here in Chicago and, and across the nation. I know it was uh, very demanding on city resources. Certainly, very demanding on officers who were working. You know those long stretches without a day off. Um, yeah, it, it becomes it wears you down physically, without a doubt. Um, you know, I I, I'm, I continue to support those types of discussions, but but I, I'm I'm glad to see that even now protests you don't see the, the violence, and and um, I I think that goes a long way with with trying. Um, to hear the issues and trying to resolve them when when um they're done in that peaceful manner.
0: Yeah. I have uh I have a, a family member who's uh uh how do I say it without he is a police officer and uh yeah his significant other was like, No, fuck everybody. Everybody needs to go back inside, fuck everything. I was like, dude, relax. Like some things don't happen for a reason or for a bad reason and some things happen for a reason and i think this is one of those things like like you said like we really do at the bare minimum have an open discussion like what's, what's a good way to say it police and the community need to work together because we all live in this community. Like is that is that too
1: much? Like no, I, I think I think you're right on there. Um, I mean it, it George Floyd was an eye opener for every police department who probably saw that and went, Oh man, that could have been us. You yeah. know, I mean if you don't train your people properly um, if you don't hold them accountable. I, I don't think there was any chief that didn't look at that and go, oh, my goodness, that could have been us. You know, I mean, it was an eye-opener for a lot of departments who suddenly realized that, yeah, maybe there were some gaps in their policy. Maybe there were some gaps in their training um, uh, and, and immediately took steps to try to make sure that that wasn't going to be them. Yeah. Um, it, it, as, as much of a tragedy as it was, like I said, it was an eye opener for a lot of police departments that, that to 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 fix things before they actually broke.
0: Yeah, like uh, historically, black people have gotten like the bad end of the stick on just about everything. So obviously, we do need we need something more training. Uh, Fucking what else? More information, I guess.
1: Well, I don't and I think in especially in the bigger cities like Chicago, uh, and and not trying to deflect uh, any um, responsibility on, on policing, because certainly there absolutely a lot of a lot of things could be done better and and mm-hmm. will be done better. But here in the city, and again, I, I've lived my whole life here, worked thirty years for the Chicago Police Department. There are parts of this city that look the exact same to me that they did thirty years ago in terms of some of the. Um, underserved communities some of those communities are challenged by by poverty and crime it's like going back in a time capsule Uh, some communities on the west side and some communities on the south side and that's frustrating because that that is more than just policing that is city uh, and state type of issues you know where yeah. more stuff has to be done it's just not policing it's yeah. we're we're you know it's it's supporting the schools it's bringing in better health care it's bringing in job opportunities um, certainly like I said I'm not trying to deflect any accountability on policing but we can get policing hopefully in the near future a hundred percent right and steered in the right direction but if but we don't fix yeah, yeah if we don't fix those other issues it, it's it's only going to do so much to help.
0: Yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely right there with you. Like, like mental health facilities, rehab, job opportunities, like you said, like yep. it, it goes, it, it's very deep. And, and I think it is honestly a little unfair to put it all on police. Like, that's what I think, like to say, oh, you have, you know, this, this whole range of stuff to fix, but it's like if you're not trained on that, like why are you sending me, you know? Right. Like you're not gonna send me a business major to go fix somebody's uh, broken leg. Like, I don't know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, there's there's certainly challenges, and I go back to, it was my second year on the job, uh, working with my first regular partner. I was still 22 at the time, he was 24, and we got a job of a domestic disturbance with a married couple. Uh, and again, I was still on midnights at the time, so mm-hmm. it was probably 11.30. We're walking out of the station. It was the first job we got out of roll call. Oh, my gosh. And and I remember looking at him, and I kind of just laughed. And I said, I don't know anything about marriages. <laughs> I didn't. You know what I mean? And yet here <laughs> we were. 22 and 24. <laughs> and here we were being sent to try to resolve an ongoing marital problem between a couple that had been married for like 30 years. Like, how how am I going to fix that? They're going to um, look
0: at you like, dude, what, what are you kids doing here? Exactly. <laughs> I mean,
1: and that's probably what we did look like. And yeah. when I hear today, and I, and I agree with it, when people um, uh, call for a better way to handle mel- mental health calls, you know, and saying, well, police shouldn't be going to these mental health calls. I guarantee you there's not a police officer that wouldn't agree with that. <laughs> um, e- even those uh, officers that have gone through like the 40 hours of crisis intervention training, which are designed to deal with people that are having a mental health crisis, that's not the same as having a mental health professional respond to yeah. that type of call.
0: Somebody that spent four years in school, yep. eight years in school for this. Yep, and yeah, and
1: does that as a living. So, yeah, th- that's what I'm saying. There, there We can, and I, I do believe it will happen, we can certainly fix issues in policing But all that other stuff has to be addressed as well um, or we're going to kind of just be spinning our wheels.
0: I I see it like when there's a hurricane, obviously people want to, like, help and donate money. But there's obviously some people that when a hurricane happens, they, they open up a fake charity to try to get money. I think there's just a lot of that. Like, too many people would, like trying to keep the wheel spinning so they can keep collecting their little bit or a lot of it
1: yeah i think certainly there is there there is some of that um people have their own agenda and you know um sometimes aren't willing to have that discussion or don't want to talk about addressing those other things because it doesn't fit their agenda
0: or there's some all right we're getting pretty heavy here um I don't know do you want do you want to keep talking about this or do you want to like talk about something happy for a minute
1: uh whatever you want
0: okay 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 all right all right let me think let me think do you eat food at our cafeteria uh yes i do what's your favorite thing to get
1: um i haven't got a lot this year um but i've had um you know uh, yeah i mean i'm it's not like I eat healthy all the time, but um, I like the cheeseburgers. Um, I like the um, the grilled cheese. Not the grilled cheese. Oh, yeah, grilled cheese. What did I have the other day, though? Oh, the ham and cheese sandwich. Um, about two weeks ago, they had chicken tacos. Those were really good. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, those were good. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I – I, maybe once a week I go down there. Um, I usually bring something just honestly um, – uh, no exaggeration. I'm usually that busy um, that I, I, I'll eat my lunch and I'll work right through it while I'm sitting at the computer. But once a week, I usually give myself a break just to go down there and eat.
0: You know what's really good that you got to try? A buffalo chicken wrap. Okay. Like that, That's like my go-to. Only because, you know, when you get like nachos, you get like the burger, it can get messy. That burrito, nice and compact. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll have to try that. I definitely will.
0: You know what I just noticed too? There's like a what? Isn't this called like a ham radio? Is this from like the 60s or something? Oh yeah, it the looks 30s? like
1: 30s. Yeah, yeah, that's old, o- older turntable and yeah.
0: With the with the it looks like you know what's funny is it looks like the uh. Like, what is it? Rocky two or Rocky three when the. When the robot comes in oh, to yeah, like yeah. serve food, that's what that reminds me of. Yeah,
1: it does look like a robot, absolutely.
0: Um yeah so yeah we're almost at an hour but thank you so much for taking the time out i actually have to go to work uh you're still you got to go to work too right
1: uh well i this is gonna be wrapping up my day when i go back i'll have a few more things to do and then i'm gonna call it a day until i come back on monday
0: all right yeah for sure anybody you want to shout out our beautiful podcast studio that Dennis was so nice enough to let me use.
1: Yeah, well, thanks to Dennis for, for letting us come in here. Thank you uh, to you as well for inviting me, and and just honestly a general shout out to our northeastern community. Uh, uh, always open to being invited to meetings, discussions. I'm not going to shy away from anything, even if uh, you know you have some critical questions to ask. Please ask them. I'm, I'm I'm more than happy to to come sit and talk.
0: Well, yeah, like you've been in front of Chicago journalists. This is this is a cakewalk.
1: I wouldn't <laughs> say that, but, but certainly, like I said, there was there was always a couple. Like I said, you got to know who the journalist was, and you kind of dreaded having to ask them, but you did. At some point, I have to say, okay, next question. But, uh, no, I, I do enjoy it here, and, and I do enjoy the opportunity to, to engage with faculty, staff, and students whenever I can.
0: Yeah. And Pat Delaney. Shout out to Pat Delaney. Yeah. Professor Delaney.
1: Yes, yeah, I appreciate he invited me to, to his class as well. I enjoyed that. Otherwise, I wouldn't
0: have known how cool of a life story you got.
1: Oh well, thank you. Yeah, you're, you're still a young guy, right? Uh, I like to think so. I do. <laughs> I, I do. I. I um, yeah. I mean, I've been. Like I said, you could do the math. I've been. This is my 36th year, and I got hired at 21. So if you do the math, you can obviously figure out <laughs> how old I am. But I don't ever feel as old as that number. I. I not not now anyway.
0: Yeah, you don't look like. You don't look old, you know what I mean? Like I appreciate it. You look it. young. I appreciate <laughs> That's it. That's probably a better way to say it.
1: I uh, I still fit in, honestly, the same uniform pants. Not that I'm wearing them, obviously, but I the same waist size as when I started 36 years ago. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually a little proud of that, that I um, I, I can still fit oh my in goodness. the same pair of pants if I had to.
0: Oh, uh, before we go, what was, uh, what was your job like when the school was shut down, almost shut down, like for Rona?
1: Uh, it was uh, for, yeah, I mean, well over a year. Honestly, it was like a ghost town here. Um, it was almost, almost depressing at times because you'd walk the campus, uh, because I always try to walk it every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially last year, um, April, May, June, uh, July, um, you know, in, in the fall of last year, little bit, you know, we, we people started coming back. But mm-hmm. for those first few months, it literally was a ghost town and there was one day um, I was walking through the Student Union uh, and they, the music was still playing and I, I guarantee you I was probably the only one uh, in the entire building or these sections of buildings, the Student Union, the C building, the D building, Fine Arts building, I, I guarantee you, I was the only one in there and it creeped me out oh to be God. walking and hearing the music <laughs> that I actually called uh, Kyle Burke who was uh, the Student Union Director at the time and I'm like Hey man, you gotta come in here and turn this music <laughs> off because it's it's creepy walking around down here with music and there's funny. nobody in here. Uh, yeah, it was it was so uh, it was nice in the fall of last year when there was a small maybe about a hundred people were cleared to return to campus and then this past spring we started having a little bit of hybrid. So the, uh, when we hit this fall, it was it was nice to see people back on campus again. It's how it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, I mean even now it kind of looks like not a lot of people
1: yeah well Fridays are always uh quiet (laughs) historically quiet um but uh to have
0: nobody
1: yeah to have nobody it was like that it literally was like that like I said April May June it was creepy it was a ghost town
0: that's oh man I mean sad for like what the world is going through but right that one little thing is funny I
1: don't know yeah yeah well he came in the next day he did turn the music off because I thought (laughs) I'm like man I can't keep coming down here it's creepy turn the music off
0: Uh, So yeah, John Escalante, uh, thank you very much. Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm Angel, what's up?